The Weekend Review. De police in Eindhoven fails once again. The stock market turbulence. The Amazon salary increase in combination with the minimum wage growth and the Chinese Belt Road. How do you make money out of this great project from China? This in today's episode of Hoff Profit. So check it out. Hoffprofit.com slash podcast. And don't forget to share, like, retweet and leave your comment below. Welcome my friends. It's the first day of a new great exciting week and I'm so happy to have you aboard. It's over here all great. Uh, let's begin with the weekend review. Uh, as you know, I had two barbecues planned. I had to kill one. Basically, I had too much bacon and throwing meat away or food away is a waste and we don't do it. So that's the only thing. And well, let's face it, let's face it bacon on the barbecue is nice. The smell, the smoke, it's all great. And so kind of great. So next weekend I plan one barbecue and I'm gonna put beef stew and white beer on the barbecue. If you wanna know the pictures, just join my lovely newsletter so that's the one side um, on my newsletter i have to report something terrible i intended to send out a um, sunday version as you know monday to friday is uh, mainly editorial content and saturday and sunday it is com- just a commercial with a flash sale thing and the sunday version don't didn't go out so i will include the flash sale on the monday newsletter if you don't want to miss the newsletter simply go to my site sign up Leaving a message, you can find some button, you can find a form on the left downside of the newsletter and just do it, it's a great thing. Well, then let's have a chat about the police in Eindhoven and their, fail- and their failure. Um, as you know, I'm skeptical about the police in, uh, of the police as a concept and especially the one in Eindhoven. Uh, to say it bold, they are incompetent and it seems that the Dutch police is corrupt to the bone. At least this is based upon the media reports and contacts with different crime journalists who know in-depth all details. Spitting on Jews is normal and well, I'm used to it, so okay, that's fine. If they consider it normal, then they have a different moral standard than I got, but that's okay. Stealing ground is normal, at least in their eyes, and at the same time they are going after shoplifters when they have to and they and the shop keeps calling the police. And to get the shoplifter arrested you just need to call for 30 minutes and then they, you, they can tell you if they have time or that they are more busy drinking coffee and eating donuts. But that's okay, I mean... It's fine if they want to work at it, but it shows you how bad the situation is and recently I got a story in that shows just how incompetent it is. I mean, would they do completely nothing? Yes, they do. Um, the story is as follows. A girl, she is 18 and she fell in love with a boy. Well, that's something that happens pretty often and I think that... I can't imagine that her parents uh, consider this as an, uh, so a shocking thing. An 18-year-old girl fell in love to a boy. Well, that's something that, you, uh, that you're pretty sure that will happen when the, the, the baby is delivered. So they had a fight and the boy threatened her with a knife. So she filled a police report and that bus is going. And now the police can't find him. Well, that's interesting. They can't find him in a time where you have no privacy, where the tax agency is monitoring your traffic behavior just because they want to stop tax avoidance. I mean, if this is a police system, then you should be wondering, are they just too incompetent to check public records, to check mobile records? I mean, those things, everyone, you can track a mobile phone. Everyone has a mobile phone. Um, He is on a special type of benefits, which is paid out in cash on a weekly basis. 
hey, I know where he is. He will pick up his cash. He needs the money. So why are they not going there and just locking up? I mean, and this is just a prime example why we should wipe out the police that we got it. To bring market competition in. The police has the monopoly on violence and they say we protect you. So first of all, they fail because he gets threatened with a knife. Secondly, they fail to lock him up. And it's double thing. I mean, I doubt this would happen if there is an organization who is under market pressure. Then they will just dodge it and fix it and they will simply figure out a solution to stop the problem. Unfortunately, this is not the matter that the police and I never works. They think that's all going great. They think that even when you have a few record hitting drugs, waste, waste dumps in the areas going on, it's all going great. And that's basically what they say. We are protecting you unless we are, on, we are too lazy to work because we are striking. Then we say that we don't guarantee your safety. And well, look, don't get me wrong, I have no problem with police officers going on strike. I simply say, for the moment you're on strike, let's not pay you. It's fine by me, but the taxpayer should not be being punished for the fact that you are too lazy to work. And if I just look at this case and I'm just thinking from who's re what goes wrong? Literally, what's going wrong? Someone threats you with a knife. You are the problem? No, you're not the problem. You are the victim. And I see it on my own. I am the pro they say that I'm the problem, no, I get spit upon, um, I'm called the son of a hooker, it's all normal, according to the police of Eindhoven. So I would simply say, why not simply abolish, give them free market pressure and let's bring on some great change, let's make police great again. European Union imposed completely global covering privacy laws, so it's the highest time for you to be transparent, unless you want to pay a 20 million euro fine. And yes, the European Commission is on a witch hunt, so get ready. So check out GDRP compliance course on hofprofit.com slash GDRP. That's hofprofit.com slash GDRP. Since the beginning of time, gold has become real money. It is the money being used by the Aztecs, the Egypt, the Roman Empire. And central banks around the world still love gold. So why are you not ready for making from gold profits? Golden profits are there just because of the current trade wars, financial instability and geopolitical tensions. Gold is likely to go up and up and up. So check it out, hofprofit.com slash gold2018. That's hofprofit.com slash gold2018. WordPress offer you many great opportunities to build a great website, webshop and spread your message. If it's your blog, your, your desire to become financially independent, WordPress is there for you to help you. WordPress has many hidden, hidden features no one knows. So visit hofprofit.com slash WordPress for the WordPress training menu. It is October, so the markets are going down. That's something that we all know that's gonna happen, that will happen. But it happened again. To be honest, it happened earlier. It happened in 1929. You had a small tumult, and that's what we just saw. And it could be that we're gonna see the big tumult. And I will ask you a question. Are you ready to prepare for it? Are you ready to go in? Let me be clear, earlier this year it already happened, um, then the solution was easy, slam corporate bonds rates, so companies would 
pay less for their loans and due to this there was a lot of money that needed a place to go to and that money went to the stock market because there was no other road there was no plan to go where else real estate is in the bubble well yes but highly illiquid so that's not gonna work it's basically like putting money into a movie that's not gonna work to put your money at a safe place at rest at this moment what you need is a safe place to rest the market is it's turbulence and volatility everywhere so sticking around being safe is not a bad idea that's just a solution that makes sense from a financial and investment perspective unfortunately people don't realize that because people want to have high returns and people mention returns that I'm just thinking from well you are claiming to outperform Warren Buffett so no offense what can you do what Warren Buffett can't do and just tell me this because that's a few billion secrets worth of content alone unfortunately it's not the case unfortunately it's just the same old scam again and again and people are manipulating and throwing money from one market to another market they are not really diversifying things they are really sticking on certain things and I feel sorry for them because they are making really bad investment decisions and I will not say to you buy this buy this buy this I'm not allowed and I can't say you this because there's an easy reason what's your situation before I tell you what you should put your money in I need to know what your situation is are you saving for your grandkids study finances so that your grandkids can go to college and study what they really want that they can buy the Harvard degree or are you saving to stay alive look and both is fine by me I mean I don't give a damn I don't care about your goals I want to open your eyes for new perspectives and what I want to do is just bring you the things that you need to know to be informed and to make more choices make better choices and make informed choices I know it's wrong to say those things but it's the case that's what why I'm here I'm here not here to make you rich this podcast is about making me rich and let's face it you buy my products you spend money on my side so I do certain things really well and I'm extremely happy with those things because it allows me to remain out of government benefits and for me that's important and as you might know time with the city was terrible but over a decade ago I left government benefits so no matter what you think about what I say and what I do there's one thing that you should always and you should be prepared to recognize I am not costing the government taxpayers money those people who pay money on a force of threat by the government are not paying for me I finance myself and this is something that in the core of my existence remains the honorable thing the honorable thing is always no government the honorable thing is giving people a perspective giving people a choice allowing you to move on it that's all it's all about 
Well then, let's have a quick chat once again about the Amazon salary increase. Um, Amazon increased its salary and they are now going to pay 50 bucks an hour to their employees. And there are a few things that you need to realize. First of all, this is not an attempt by Amazon to increase financial stability of employers, of employees. No, it's not going to happen. No worry, they are going to be terminated anyway and highest cost terminated anyway so that will happen well having that said then we need to realize that this is also an attempt to push competition out how many companies in the united states could pay 15 dollars an hour in salary i don't know i don't know many to be honest if i look around at shops and i just ask the shop owner hey can you pay 50 bucks an hour to an employee they would simply say no way they can't so what amazon is doing and they are doing it smartly and really are they are they are kicking out the competition they are simply wiping it all out terminating it on the bad way and being the ones left around i mean the guy f filling the Whole Foods supermarket chain shelves is getting 15 bucks an hour. Well, I'm not sure how it's in your market, but when I walk around supermarkets, I simply see and hear that supermarkets need people to throw things and put things the proper way into the shell. Hey, and Amazon, well, here they pay 6 to euro before tax if you're lucky amazon is gonna pay you and if i take a gas calculation around the 20 euros an hour hey i think they all go to whole foods i think that they just go for the money and that makes sense and you saw it earlier happening you saw it literally in textiles and in the oil and the shield energy sector you saw that that literally fast food restaurants had to close they closed because the teenager that was making some bucks on the side next to school was there but could make more uh, to doing the same work for an oil company well they just go for the oil company and they make the money and it's so sad that we fail to recognize this we fail to recognize this prosperity that it brings salaries goes up Unfortunately, not everywhere in the United States and not everywhere in the world. But you see in general, and I'm really optimistic about the situation we are in. It's easy. We need more energy. You can agree, you can disagree with a lot of things, but we need more energy. That's a fact. So where are we going to get the energy from? And I will tell you a secret. I am in it to make some money on the side. Well, that's a scary secret and I play the fake game neutral and I keep going neutral and this is interesting. By being completely neutral, where or if you are biased like I am on Israel, um, being honest and open about it, who cares? So do you really as my lovely podcast listener give a damn? about the fact that i am buddhist about israel no you don't you want to hear profit taking opportunities you want to hear perspectives that will make you money that's what you're after and i will be clear those things you'll get as well but you will also hear me being me 
and me is a barbecue loving Jew who is legally blind who can't drive a bike because he's unable to commute in it and basically that's me and that's all literally if you always see that person sitting in a wheelchair on the airport just think it could be me because that's the situation that the government literally due to regulation push me in and I always say to people from well I have to go to if I fly I have to go to metal detectors but I go in with my metal blind stick and they see it's my blind stick and it's okay and I can go on and like I said to a member of parliament hey this is wrong you are checking for metal I go in with metal and it's okay maybe it's a good idea to get me in again without metal and to fix this problem and maybe it's also a smart solution and this sounds maybe really weird just for the fun inspect my blind stick it's something you're not doing so do it just for the fun just to check and verify and if you ever want to know why I am really picky about airlines I want to fly I want to board and that I don't give a damn about aircraft planes and times this is the reason I'm not going to cube into a I'm, I'm literally not going to drop in a traffic jam to get in a cigar to get slaughtered that's basically not what I want to do I'm prepared to join a jam to go in a cigar and get safe where I hire the company for to do so that's a bit what I am about it and I know it's tough I know it's something that you don't hear because you're always here well it's needed for anti-terrorism measurements it's needed for safety no it's not it's needed because people earlier failed but they had the legal opportunity they had the chance and they failed unfortunately they don't recognize they failed they just said from yeah well with those things it would be better that's not true the government always says we are here to protect you the government bureaucrats say we are here to provide you with safety and they so if things go wrong they fail they are the failing ones not society government fails society will survive governments can fail and if you want to make money out of it check it out horseprofit.com collapse European Union imposed completely global covering privacy laws. So it's the highest time for you to be transparent, unless you want to pay a 20 million euro fine. And yes, the European Commission is on a witch hunt, so get ready. So check out GDRP compliance course on hofprofit.com slash GDRP. That's hofprofit.com slash GDRP. Since the beginning of time, gold has become real money. It is the money being used by the Aztecs, the Egypt, the Roman Empire. And central banks around the world still love gold. So why are you not ready for making from gold profits? Golden profits are there just because of the current trade wars, financial instability and geopolitical tensions. Gold is likely to go up and up and up. So check it out. Hofprofit.com slash gold 2018. That's Hofprofit.com slash gold 2018.
WordPress offers you many great opportunities to build a great website, webshop and spread your message. If it's your blog, your, your desire to become financially independent, WordPress is there for you to help you. WordPress has many hidden, hidden features no one knows. So visit hofprofit.com slash WordPress for the WordPress training menu. To be honest, it's tough to describe Chris, but I know he is one of the most knowledgeable speakers about Silk Road. He has extremely interesting perspectives, he knows his stuff, and please do contact him, go to him, check him out. Um, I'll link to him at the show notes page, so check out hofprofit.com slash podcast, because I do want you to go to him, I want you to bring him business, I will bring him some business I'm pretty sure, because he is knowledgeable and he knows his biz and well those people you need to have checked about. So here's today's exclusive interview chatting about the Chinese Silk Road and some interesting profitable opportunities in the site. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, you are one of the specialists about the Chinese Silk Road and what is this massive project actually? <laughs> well, um, the, uh, the Belt and Road Initiative, uh, to give it its proper title, it used to be called the One Belt, One Road, um, is essentially a, a Chinese state policy to uh, build better infrastructure between China uh, and uh, uh, countries that are uh, either within its supply chain needs China is energy, agricultural, and water for. It needs to import these um, these commodities, um, so it needs to build supply chains to uh, uh, to cement those in place. And it's also to do with um, uh, new markets. Um, and there's uh, there's two sides to this: uh, new markets that China can export to, uh, but also markets that China can import from. Um, mm-hmm. Again, the uh, and I think this, this point has been largely ignored by the Western media. Uh, they view the Belt and Road Initiative as being uh, threatening to their economies, um, perhaps by dumping cheap Chinese products on them. But the reality is that China is a multi-party state, uh, and with a population of 1.3 billion people, uh, the Communist Party of China needs to keep those people happy. Uh, and it means providing them with the goods and services and products that they want. Um, so a lot of the Belt and Road Initiative is to do with uh, infrastructure development uh, and uh, securing those supply chains, but also in securing uh, two-way trade between China and the rest of the world, and principally the Eurasians. So basically the Eurasian continent and that's it, and just fixing all the problems that there are on a physical trade. And digital trade. Well, trying to. In a nutshell. In trying a nutshell. to fix problems. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's always good to try trying to, to fix, fix those uh, problems. Yeah. So yeah. it's not, not just restricted to Eurasia, but the majority of the projects at the moment are happening um, uh, within the Eurasian uh, region. Africa, South America, and uh, Southeast Asia are all very, very much part of the Belt and Road Initiative. So why are they in the West and the developed countries so afraid of? 
cheap Chinese products. I buy my electronics and clothes directly from China for only one reason. <laughs> Good stuff for local yeah, guys. I, yeah, I, I don't quite, I don't quite buy that uh, that rationale that countries should be afraid of Chinese products. I mean, yeah. the, the the world is made up of goods um, that uh, are either completely fully made by China or have mm -hmm. Chinese components in. A lot of the cars we drive may be Western-owned brands, um, such as Ford um, or Peugeot uh, and so on and so forth, um, but they, uh, they incorporate a lot of Chinese-made components, so do aircraft. So I don't get this, um, this rationale that we need to be afraid of China because it wants to trade with us. In fact, I think that the, both the media and the governments, particularly within the EU, um, have got this wrong. They failed to recognize that China is also a great market in its own right. The Chinese people want to buy quality products. Um, European countries and other countries can supply, can supply these. Uh, and I think it's that feature of the Belt and Road that has largely been misunderstood by the media and, uh, and governments, particularly within the EU. I think that's a strategic mistake. Now, what's interesting, what you saw here in the Netherlands, that were, the government was complaining that there were cheap Chinese solar panels, but at the same time they were having incentives to get more solar panels on your roof. And they realized from those cheap Chinese solar panels, people are doing it, they make money out of it, and we don't need to subsidize it. So we stop it. That's what the government did. And I would say, keep it on. Makes sense. Well, that, you know, yeah. if, if the Chinese are making um, quality yet inexpensive solar panels, then that, and we're concerned about global warming, then it, it just doesn't add up, does it? I mean, what, why do we want to uh, discourage uh, solar panels when the, the sun's energy is free and, um, have the, uh, and not have the ability to convert that into usable energy? It makes no sense. And if the Chinese are making them, then buy their cheap solar panels it's good for the planet um so planet you know some, sometimes the western policies are, are, are really a bit screwed up to be honest yeah it is i mean you saw i believe that i'm now looking at buying a house and i will put solar panels on it immediately just because it's profitable you make money out of it but yeah so who, who cares it's good if it's profitable to make money out of it yeah. you're, you're encouraging uh, a product which is yeah. good for the environment so I, bring it on why should I pay 800 euros more, literally, just because some companies in the Netherlands and in Italy cannot compete with a Chinese company? Well, stop competing, do something different, I would say, but that's just me. Right, or set up a joint venture with a Chinese company in China and do it, you know, yeah. reduce, your, uh, reduce your, your manufacturing costs. Um, if you can't compete, you go out of business. It's the law of the jungle, and governments have got to stop interfering with, uh, with that in the commercial world. If the company is not profitable, let it go under. It's sad, but you know, if other people can make those technologies and those products better and uh, and less expensively than uh, than uh, another business can, then you know, let, that, that's what that's the law of the jungle. The fittest to survive. That way, we get good products and good prices, which is what consumers want. Government should stop interfering with this. And interestingly, was was yesterday at the moment of recording here on the news in the Netherlands that the government is now abide by law, by, by uh, judge order, that to increase its activity against CO2 uh, emissions and global warming. So I was just thinking, I know something. <laughs> this makes sense. Yeah, it well, doesn't yeah. make sense. So, yeah. You know, a, a lot of uh, Western governmental uh, and analysts 
thought about China and the Belt and Road is uh, is really to do with protectionism uh, um, rather than any any anything else. And the Chinese are uh, are being unfairly singled out for this, I think. Yeah, well, it's interesting to see that. I have some close contacts in the aviation world, and you see that a lot of projects are basically fu funded with 100% Chinese money to fix it. That you see the most, most weird things happening at the moment. Yeah, well, as I said, if the Chinese <laughs> want to spend their money in that way, then it's their money to do it with. So, you, oh, well, you know, okay. let them get on with it. Yeah, well, I had a good friend of me was engaged in two projects, and it's in Belgium, and they just got 600 additional jobs for it. I would say, from, well, where can I put my signature? 600 new jobs? Other people finance? Great. Worst case, if not works, they have for one year no be unemployment benefits. That's the worst that could happen. Right. Yeah. So right. we, we agree yeah. on these issues. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think we both uh, believe in free trade and just partner and don't fight. <laughs> in a nutshell. Right. Uh, on this, but if you look at the politics side, you see that there is a lot of uh, criticism on the project. That uh, and the criticism that you hear most, or at least I hear most, is that it's very difficult for Western or non-Chinese companies to partner in it. How do you look at that one? Um, that's uh, that's um, mostly true. Um, uh, the the reason that they're finding it difficult to partner in um, is because uh, is is related to the subject we just discussed. Is mm -hmm. the Chinese production costs are lower, um, so they can bid for tenders perhaps more successfully. Um, but building bridges or ports or airports or roads or whatever it is, the infrastructure, um, that's, uh, that's a one-off investment and, and a one-off financial deal. When the bridge or port or whatever it is is built, it's done. It's over. I think what people are missing is the fact that um, a lot of these uh, investments uh, are opening up other business opportunities. Uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. The, um, the Chinese built the Southern Expressway in Sri Lanka, a road which leads from the capital city of Colombo, which is where the majority of the flights come in for, for mm -hmm. tourists and other people. And they built a road all the way down to, uh, to Gore um, on the south coast and the, the southern and eastern beaches um, and further east to Hambantota, where the Chinese have also uh, built a, uh, a fairly controversial port. Um, however, the, um, although that cost a lot of money and the Sri Lankan government have, uh, have had to uh, have financing from China to do that at fairly expensive rates, uh, the issue is, is not that um, other companies were not able to get in on the bid tender. Um, that's, uh, the Chinese did that and they built a really fantastic road, albeit expensive. Mm -hmm. The issue is not the cost of the road. The issue is the, uh, the opportunity that it's given the local tourism industry, which has gone up significantly. It's, it's on a graph like that um, in Sri Lanka over the past uh, three to four years as a result of that road being built. So the people that are criticizing the cost of these infrastructure um, are omitting the fact that this infrastructure also has direct economic benefits. In Sri Lanka's case, a massive increase in tourism. Now, which would you rather have? Would you rather have the money for the road or would you rather have a sustainable annual income from tourism year after year after year after year, which is worth billions? Well, I the cost that. of the road is, is immaterial when it comes to the creation of new industries. And people have forgotten that the Chinese are actually um, they're developing the infrastructure, but it's uh, our responsibilities and our imagination 
is needed to enable us to utilize that infrastructure and to profit and succeed from that. That's the issue that people have not understood, and it's a great shame. Now, and if you can go on on the example that you used in Sri Lanka, that where it caused a massive boom for tourism, so basically people got a sustainable job, get foreign currencies in, they get new cultures from the tourists, so basically everyone is happy at the, with that one. If I look here at the That's right. Yeah. The Chinese have left. They built the road. They built yeah. the airport. They've now gone. Um, the Sri Lankan beach bums, they're now getting jobs as uh, dive masters uh, and as, uh, as maitre d's and uh, as uh, hotel staff. And uh, they're setting up diving schools and uh, skiing and surfing kind of, um, kind of operations. And that's much better for them. Yeah. So they've got the Chinese to thank for that because the Chinese built the infrastructure to allow all that tourism industry and all the other associated industries from hotel developments to construction for swimming pools and all this kind of stuff. Uh, that's as a direct result of the Chinese uh, investment in the roads um, and the benefits for Sri Lanka. And it's just one uh, case has well, been if immense. I, if I would give you one example of how great, uh, at least here in Europe, the government spends its infrastructure here in the Netherlands, they built a high-speed railroad from Rotterdam to Germany for the harbour. So they said, we have a railroad, we're going to visit six to eight trains on it a day cost a few billion and you want to have uh, trains with people so we're not going to be going to get new tra tracks we're not going to use the tracks you already have in oh okay, okay. so that's a bit what the what they say and do and it's just terrible i mean it makes no sense spent a few billion on six trains a day and then start new road connections yeah, I, I, I'm not aware of the case you, you mentioned, but yeah, it okay. seems a bit, yeah. um, bit of a waste of money. Overkill, yeah. really. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you look at what's happening in Asia with uh, the Silk Road project, how do you look at the situation in the Maldives and more of those countries where the government is spending, in the case of the Maldives, over 10% of its tax revenue to China? They got a lot of things in exchange for it, so they should not complain. But now you have a new government who is basically pro-India. And then things are catching, uh, getting tough. <laughs> well, <laughs> politics is always part of uh, business, um, and especially so in China. Um, the Chinese have got to deal with uh, democratically elected governments. Some will be uh, pro-China, some will be pro-India. Uh, in, uh, in the case of uh, Asian and the Maldives, and the Chinese mm -hmm. have got to deal with that. Um, and uh, just like everybody else has. Mm -hmm. um, so... You know, that's, that's their risk. That, that is a Chinese political risk. They need to assess that risk and deal with it. Um, governments come and governments go. Um, there is only one government in China, so they're used to doing things uh, in their own way. But they don't have to deal with democracies. And, um, uh, and this, is, uh, this uh, is what happens. I mean, Pakistan also uh, recently elected a new uh, uh, prime minister, uh, and he's, he's been having a look at uh, some of the, uh, the Belt and Road issues and perhaps uh, cutting back on some of the expenses. The same thing has happened in Malaysia. Um, so, you know, just because infrastructure plans are uh, put, into, uh, uh, put into place, um, they're, they're, it's, it's never over until it's over. So the fact that certain governments want to clear down those costs is uh, entirely their right. Um, but, um, but really, the, uh, the issue is uh, looking at costs, governments and how they do that, corruption issues related to this. 
Um, uh, are there any? Uh, there has been in the past, will continue to be. But if the infrastructure gets built properly, if future elected government of a country decides that it's the right way to approach it and perhaps it be better off taking a, a different approach, then that's also their right. Yeah. Uh, governments have there to serve the people. Uh, and of course there are different opinions on this and democracy it's not the best system in the world but it's uh, it's the best of a pretty awful bunch really um, but China has got to deal with it and deal mm -hmm. with it they will yeah and how do you see it and the, the this project in combination with the global trade war where basically a lot of long-lasting allies decided to set up new partnerships with China like New Zealand having a free trade deal with China which Yeah, well, China has been very, very active in uh, not just recently, but over the last five years in um, in uh, putting together bilateral investment agreements, uh, double tax treaties, um, uh, free trade agreements. It's been extremely active in this area. Um, it's signed uh, uh, literally hundreds of these sorts of deals, uh, and they're aimed at, um, at uh, really beneficial uh, to the consumer um, who wants to pay more tax than necessary. Um, they are, of course, used to uh, strategically motivate certain industries, and China does this. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but um, some governments, certain governments, are more protectionist um, and um, uh, are ripping up these trade deals and want to uh, uh, want to re rearrange them or, or reorganize them. And we've seen this with uh, President Trump and uh, how he treated the Mexicans and the Canadians recently. Mm -hmm. He ripped up the NAFTA agreement and uh, it was replaced with something far more to uh, America's um, uh, benefit than had previously been the case. It's just negotiations. Um, I don't see any, anything wrong with that, although I, I do have issue with the way that President Trump um, uh, seems to deal with his negotiations. But on the other hand, it seems to be working. Um, uh, it doesn't really matter whether the man is, uh, is rude or not. Uh, the, the fine print is in the detail. And as an elected president of the United States, it's partly his job to get the best deal from the state for the American people. Uh, and I think that he's done that. So um, China has to deal with this. Uh, the EU has to deal with this. Um, the EU, incidentally, has been in negotiation with China for many, many years about a free trade agreement with the Chinese. The Chinese want it. The EU, Brussels, has prevaricated. And uh, I think um, the EU needs to take a long, hard look at what's the point of, uh, uh, of continuing to discuss to discuss about what the starting points would be for such a deal. They haven't even got any negotiations started. They can't even agree on what to talk to China about. So, uh, you know, people have got to get their act together. The Chinese are coming, whether the European Union like it or not. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, you know, they, need, they really need to shake their, their, their selves into... Uh, into this position and get, get a far more professional and proactive uh, uh, mindset when it comes to uh, China and Asia generally. A proactive mindset in Brussels for Asia. Great idea, never gonna work. Not in my lifetime, I think. <laughs> well, there we go. That's what should be happening. It yeah. isn't, um, but there we are. That's, you know, that's why I'm uh, just getting uh, myself a citizenship of Vanuatu. So on that side, just <laughs> fixing it. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> the application is already out. Mm. And I meet all the demand, so should be should be good. Mm. So if you look at what China is doing, I mean, one comment about the European Union. You know that the European Union now have a free trade deal with Ukraine? Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't want to be a sound root and I have nothing against the counter trim. If I can make a choice, free trade with the counter trim with a silver bar, or free trade with a counter over a billion people, I know what to go for. Just quite. I mean, the situation going on in the partially responsible for them joining the COP is for the UK's hand in hand membership of NATO, and is and I think understandably hasn't really lost a lot of territory after the Soviet Union split up. They don't want NATO forces and weapons in in the Ukraine so close to the border. And part of the unrest right, has got to deal exactly with that. Uh, with that, as, um, it's an ongoing business because uh, uh, NATO wants to have the Ukraine in their field. Moscow doesn't want it, but none of you know. So if there's an ongoing uh, internal fix, and that's it, will need to go on. If the EU would and it's completely unpolitical war down there, and the EU and NATO have to take some responsibility. It's not just the Russians which are involved in the but Moscow, and they fundamentally did not. So, if you into the EU, and the precautions the of the Empire for years and months, and you look at the so I'm That's interesting because if I use the new name, same friend as old, then I will be freaking out. the Quite, and I guess it's a bit upsetting for England. I think in, uh, the Russians were invaded by uh, millions and millions inside uh, Napoleon, of course, Nazi uh, Germany, India, Russia, and uh, the, the, the solution to that in uh, the end of World War II was to create uh, a border area between Russia and Aston uh, Powers, and uh, the so called Iron Curtain came down. Um, uh, what happened to those countries is a product of the political uh, So Russia also suffered uh, during this period, and I think that it's unfair to, to label the Russians bad. Uh, when they suffered as much as the uh, the Eastern Europeans did during that period, uh, but it seems that the European Union and NATO don't want to take that position, um, and it's again it's a great shame. They should be uh, they should be talking to each other rather than uh, issuing each other with threats. I read in the British press uh, this week that um, uh, the the UK is um, is looking at ways to hack into Moscow and turn out all the lights. Um, that's uh, that's quite, that's rather uh, blaming the, the the Russians for it. The sanctions on Russia too have been a, a grave mistake in my opinion. It's cost European businesses a, a huge amount. Uh, I was in a um, just a couple of weeks ago. The Russians, for example, used to make really really poor quality cheese. Um, mm -hmm. Russian cheese was waxy and tasteless. Um, yeah. And the sacks went and so they, they got lazy and all the cheese you would buy in Russia would be all imported uh, cheeses mm -hmm. from France and uh, Italy and Germany and so on and so forth. Um, so there were no good um, Russian cheeses. What's happened to the sanctions has been, uh, and this is just one example, mm -hmm. is that those countries and those producers in the EU that used to sell cheese to the Russians, it's just one example, they haven't been able to do that now. So they've just, um, they've either gone out of business or they've gone to Russia and given the Russian in Russia trust that cheese making technology uh, you can now buy really, really good Russian cheese. Um, so, um, you, you know, that market is never going to come back for the EU dairy producers. The Russians have now learned how to make good quality cheese. They're also making other good quality consumables, such as, um, uh, such as wines, various other gourmet foods. You can buy these now Russian-made. So the sanctions placed upon Russians have, um, have had an opposite effect. I don't believe sanctions ever work. Cuba. Uh, U.S. Cuba under sanctions for decades, and Castro was still there. Um, they, if, you know, Cuba is a relatively small country. R Russia is huge. The E getting involved with these sanctions has really shot itself in the foot. I hear stories day after day 
of European businesses that have lost out trade with Russia. And it's, um, you know, what, when, when, since when did sanctions against Russia ever be supposed to impact negatively on EU businesses? But that's exactly what's happened. Politicians have no idea of what's going on. It, it's a complete mess. Uh, that's, that's basically what politicians are for, to make a mess and get money out of it. <laughs> that's basically yeah. how I always look at it. Uh, and on the Russia side, I always consider it interesting. If you really want to hurt Russia, and I would say, we're going to kick Rosneft and Gazprom out. If you really want to hurt them, this is the way uh, Well, yeah, quite. But um, you can't. You it's, can't. it's arguable who, who, who the most uh, powerful man in Russia is. Is it Vladimir Putin or is it the I might do uh, part of that question of ageousness. But then again, uh, people need to run in countries is many, many, many countries that are energy poor, mm -hmm. including China. Um, so they always have the market. Um, and, um, you know, you're not going to kick Gazprom out. So that's that's it. <laughs> no, I, I don't think that they will take that. But if you really want to hurt Russia, then this is the way I would go. Simply say we're going to reduce gas, reduce energy and do different things. Not going to work. Well, they've tried to do that. The whole Nord Stream 2 uh, pipeline coming into Europe. Um, actually, the Russians can provide gas to Eastern Europe at cheaper uh, rates than the Americans can. Um, the Americans, uh, are part of the sanctions, are, uh, are making it extremely difficult uh, for, uh, for foreign governments to buy in the EU, to buy, uh, to buy Russian gas. They're trying to block this at every stage of the, of the economy. America also has its own national interest. It wants to sell gas to the EU, and so it's competing. Um, and the, the American gas going into the EU is at significantly higher rates than that which Russians can provide. Um, yet they're beating the Russians up and getting in the way of um, the pipelines under, under the issues related to Crimea uh, and so on and so forth. Whereas, in fact, uh, that's just an excuse to try and sell the, uh, the Europeans gas at higher prices than Moscow can. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's awful. It, it's... Uh, you know, it, it's 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 fake news. Yeah. Um, where would you rather have for your gas bill? Would you would you rather spend a hundred dollars a month, or would you rather spend a hundred and twenty dollars a month? Uh, I'd rather spend a hundred dollars a month yeah, for my gas bill. Me too. Um, if you buy from Americans, it's going to be a bit more. Yeah. That's the easy. Yeah. So it's a simple yeah. fact. And, that, and, the sad, and the sad thing is that people don't talk about this, and that you hear always uh, the riches are bad. And I recently had a debate with someone extremely religious. She is. She is a hardcore Christian. And she said the, the Chinese are wrong for what they were doing with spies. And I just asked her, well, here in the Netherlands, we have a military secret service, we have a secret service. What are they doing? I assume yeah, in China. All countries have secret so services. It's a ongoing yeah. battle. Yeah. So um, it's not just a Russian spies. It's ludicrous to think it's, uh, it would be. Like you said, you uh, want to turn off the lights in Moscow. Uh, but let's get back to the Silk Road project. Uh, also, this is a really funny old topic to discuss, I must admit. Um, are there also best projects from China to Russia on this field, or the other pipelines? To... Yeah, huge. Um, uh, the Russians and the Chinese are uh, already connected in providing oil and gas, uh, especially gas. Um, uh, and those connections are only going to uh, uh, increase. Um, uh, the opening up or global warming is having a um, not, I wouldn't use the word beneficial, but um, trade beneficial, let's qualify it, uh, impact on, on uh, the Russian Far East. Um, with thawing going on, that makes what is in the ground there um, much more accessible. Um, China people in the nearest of Siberia can open up development. Uh, it also means that uh, the Arctic uh, route uh, from the Far East all the way over to Europe mm -hmm. can be opened up. Uh, last week, Maersk successfully 
um, held a, uh, a trial of, um, of a container ship which travelled from uh, Vladivostok all the way to St. Petersburg um, uh, uh, over the, uh, through the Arctic Ocean. Uh, the first time a, a viable commercial journey has been undertaken. It took 15 days, which is considerably shorter than the alternative, which would have to go through the either around the whole of Africa or through the Suez and take um, uh, nearly double the time. So routes like that are opening up, and that uh, that uh, will connect China uh, even more closely to uh, to Europe. It will connect Russia more closely to Europe. And, um, yeah, uh, the Chinese uh, and Russians are certainly expanding their oil um, trade capabilities, and the Russians are expanding it with other countries too. Mm -hmm. The first LNG delivery from Russia to India took place last month, again by a ship. That came from Siberia all the way around to India. So it's not just the Chinese that are buying the uh, the Russian gas. Okay. The Indians are, many, many other countries as well. Well, yeah, there's one of the few big gas producers in the world. Uh, they are. Yeah. If you look at the Silk Road project, what are the projects that they are doing in the Indian Ocean, uh, in the Pacific Ocean? Like Vanuatu, where they will bring in millions of tourists. You have now the geopolitical mess in Fiji. Uh, New Zealand has closed ties. It's all leaning more and more to China. Yeah, um, I think China is being perhaps a bit unnecessarily asserted in the South China and East China Seas. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I don't buy this nine dotted line uh, uh, mm -hmm. theory that they have. Um, and. Uh, uh, I know that the Chinese have been, uh, been perhaps being very devious. Uh, um, uh, uh, an unnamed uh, high-level diplomat friend of mine um, uh, told me a couple of years ago that uh, uh, their particular country had m noticed that Chinese embassies and consulates around the world were buying up uh, old maps of the South and East China Sea that were on sale at antique stores and dealers and collections and auctions, the Chinese were buying up these maps, um, uh, and I guess specifically to make sure that uh, there was no anything that historically showed that area as being anything other than Chinese was not going to, was being taken off the market. Um, so it is smart, but um, it's also devious. Uh, the Chinese uh, will, uh, will uh, are, um, it's not just will, they, they are looking at rewriting uh, history. Um, so, um, so we're seeing that, and uh, how the West um, counterbalances that remains to be seen. I don't think they're doing a very good job of it at the moment. Well, I mean, it's quite well, funny, but on the other hand, it's also um, uh, alarming. Um, so there needs to be, um, you know, people need to be a bit more, uh, they need to protect their antiquities, because otherwise the Chinese will start to rewrite history. And that, uh, as you've seen with Chinese involvement with, uh, with other Areas, uh, and I don't want to talk about this subject, but um, uh, the, the Chinese uh, in Tibet is uh, is a contentious issue. Uh, the Chinese know that, uh, but um, you know I, I think that uh, Chinese involvement in areas that uh, uh, their claims to those areas are uh, uh, perhaps um, not to 100%. I think there's already a, a case study for what happens uh, if uh, if that is not properly. Uh, managed by the international community very well. Um, so we've already seen what the Chinese are capable of, and uh, that could that could happen again. Okay. So how can we make money out of the Silk Road project to make it easy? easy how do you make money out of the Silk Road? Yeah. Um, easy well, question. Uh, top answer. 
I think that's there's, there's two questions to that. I think if you're, if you're Chinese, mm -hmm. <laughs> you go to work, um, and um, if you're if you're European or um, or, or some, uh, some some from somewhere else, from Africa or South America or wherever else may be, I think that you look at those infrastructure projects, um, um, African or South American or even European countries. They can't compete with the Chinese. They can't compete with the labour costs. They can't con compete with the, the the steel costs. Um, so they can they can they, they can out they can win bids and tenders. What you should be looking at is what that infrastructure brings, and where the opportunities are uh, that that infrastructure will uh, will create. That's the key. Um, that's a bit more difficult to achieve. But then why build a bridge in the first place? There's feasibility studies and reasons for it. Study those reasons. Study those feasibility studies as to why a port or a bridge or a road or a railway is being built, look at that and use your intelligence to work out why mm -hmm. and then put in a business which services the new needs that those, uh, those passageways, those corridors will then provide. That's how to make money out of a silk road. Forget about building bridges and mixing concrete. The Chinese will do that. Look at the industries that those infrastructures will support. And in the case of Sri Lanka, that's everything from construction companies building hotels to interior designers designing hotels to um, tour guides. Um, uh, uh, we talked about it, dive masters and all that mm -hmm. sort of thing. That's how you make money out of uh, the, the sort of correct interest that can be built in the back of that infrastructure. Okay, and where can the listeners find out more information about you? Um, okay, <laughs> on matters of the Silk Road um, uh, or China's um, Belt and Road Initiative, um, please have a look at uh, www.silkroadbriefing.com. It's completely free. Uh, I'm regularly uh, uh, there. Uh, there's, uh, there's articles, there's a weekly roundup, and there's uh, two or three articles a week on that. Um, if anyone wants to talk to me about matters of business in Asia, I run a consulting practice, a very successful consulting practice in the region, mm -hmm. um, 600 employees and uh, 28 offices. Uh, if you want to learn about China or how to do business with China or India or anywhere else in Asia, then you can contact me at desshira.com, D-E-Z-S-H-I-A.com. Be happy to hear from anyone that has interest uh, to ask about doing business in China, Asia, or I'll be happy to. to, to I will, of course, I will place uh, direct links in the show note pages to you. So yes, very much appreciated. Good, China is bad, but they have the highest population, there's a lot of money, and the idea of basically stop complaining about what they are doing and start making money out of it, and the problems that the world got, well, I think it's a great chat. So what do you think about it? Uh, send me a tweet at Lodewijkhoff. Leave me your review below. And let me know. And that's it for today. So I will talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow we are going to talk the Russia hate in the United States. So I will talk to you then. Cheers. about that one that one is, is a rush one in my opinion um it's a compute show so there are things in it in, in, and the rare things mentioned in interviews that i took out i do know that i know it 
it's in my opinion appropriate thing to do because basically we are just getting things straight we are not going to Petrov, we are not gonna be the terrible guys, we are just going there. And this is also why I just say from well this is it. I mean at this moment it's around half past four midnight local time. I have to get out around six and I'm just thinking why not play a movie and stay awake? Just to build the company. I mean it's a type of commitment you have to take and I know those things you it, it's part of the deal but sometimes from time to time it would be so great to be uh, to have someone just to say let's have some fun let's just like spark a shot of the water or simply respect the differences in work but unfortunately, um, as a party Dutch citizen, that's not the case. So I would say, hey, I'm salute you. Time is over. We are going to meet you and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey, cheers, mate. Bye. What you say about that one? Some interesting perspectives on making some money out of the Chinese Silk Road. And you can talk about it and say that China is bad. But let's face it, they have the highest population in the world. And they aren't going to take it all over. So...